Well, good morning, everyone. How are we doing? Had a good morning so far. Can you hear me okay? You're all awake and ready. Um, our worship hasn't finished. We're going to continue in our worship by looking in the Word of God as well, just to see what He wants to say to us this morning. And um, let's just pray, shall we, before I start? Lord, we love you. We love all the truths that we've sung this morning that you died for us, that you love us, that you never leave us or forsake us, that we can seek you and pray and you heal. And even when we don't understand what's going on sometimes, you, that you, you are always there. Lord, we love you. Come and speak to us this morning, Lord, as we continue to seek you, Lord Jesus. We want to be more like you, Jesus. That is our aim, to be more Christ-like. Speak to us and let our hearts be open to what you want to do in us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, and I just felt, just before I start uh, going into what I'm actually going to preach on this morning, I just felt God speak to me this morning and over the last couple of days, actually, in my worship time. I just felt God needed to remind us of something. And God just spoke to me about uh, when Jesus was about to ascend to heaven. So he'd, he'd died on the cross for all of us and he'd risen from the grave, hallelujah. He'd conquered sin and death and he was with his disciples. But he, he was telling and explaining to them that he had to go because another was coming, another helper, another advocate to come and help. He had to go so the Spirit could come. And in the beginning of Acts, he was walking with them and he said, he was saying, it's not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But he says, you will receive power. You will receive power. Can you just look at the person next to you and say, you will receive power? He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Can you look at your neighbor and say, the Holy Spirit has come upon you? So the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So you have that power already living within you. That's why Adam could take authority over Val's sickness. That's why we can step out in boldness. Do you know, if, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I just feel weak. I feel weak. And I, I feel like I, I want to tell people about Christ. I, I feel like this life, I can't always live up. I want to be more Christ-like. This, it's just difficult. But... We have the Holy Spirit living with inside us. We have that power. He says, you will. Not you might, if you try hard enough, receive the power. No, he says, you will. And when Jesus says something, he means it and it's going to happen. So if you are a Christian, if you've given your life to Jesus, you have that Holy Spirit living with inside you. You have the same power in you that conquered the grave. You have the same power that raised Lazarus from the grave. You have the same power that saw the blind see, the deaf hear, and the lame walk. And you have that inside you daily. Not just on a Sunday, not just in your house group, but on a daily basis. And it's an ongoing, continuing thing. You can say daily, as you wake up, Lord, fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill me. 
Can I just encourage you to do that? Daily. Later on in, um, in the New Testament, Paul is writing a letter, the second letter to Timothy. And he says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. He's given you that spirit of power. So when we are walking into work on a Monday morning and we're feeling like a timid Timothy, and I really want to share my faith, or oh, this is going to be a difficult day, remember, you've got the authority of God living inside you. You've got the Holy Spirit power living inside you. I don't know about you, but I just feel like I need to remind myself that on a daily basis... Sometimes I forget and I feel weak and I think I can't do this. this. Life is difficult. We have problems. Like Adam said, if eggs are eggs, which is a really strange kind of thing to say, but if eggs are eggs, you will face problems in this life. But you have the power of God living with inside you. You have the power living inside you, the Holy Spirit power. It doesn't make you this sort of superhuman that you can just fly off to work on a Monday morning when you get the fresh feeling, I'm off to work. I'm going to be amazing today. You st we still have difficulties and problems, but remember, you have that power living with inside you that you can pray. It doesn't just have to be here. There's a really good statistic the more people you pray for, the more people get healed. So that's a really good statistic. You should try it. The more people you pray for, the more people will get healed. Do you know, I, I don't think I've had many people go, no, nah, I'm all right, thanks, when I've offered to pray. Or in difficult situations, not always sickness and stuff. And so, you know, God puts us in situations to show love and sympathize not, only, not very many people who are going through difficult situations go, oh yeah, that, I don't think that's going to work, don't bother. No, he puts us in those situations to show love because we have the Holy Spirit living with inside us. And when we go into our, wherever you go, on a Monday morning or a Tuesday morning or, or wherever, remember, you have been given. You will receive the power. The Holy Spirit has come. We don't need a second Pentecost because the Spirit has come. When you give your life to Jesus and you ask for that receiving of baptism in the Holy Spirit, he comes and fills. You ask and you will receive. Can we just do that this morning? Let's just put your hands out to him this morning because I feel like we, we and I need this, just freshly again, to go out in power, in his power and not my own. Lord, we love you. Thank you that you said we will receive power when the Holy Spirit come. Thank you that you died for us, that you conquered sin and death, and that you fill us with your Holy Spirit. And we ask you again now, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill us afresh. Fill us afresh again. Empower us to live the life that you've called us to live. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. More of you. More of you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
Amen. Now he says in Peter, he gives us everything for life and godliness. Remember. Remember that daily. Ask him daily to fill you afresh. As I said, that's not actually what I'm going to talk about this morning. But I just felt God remind me, and we need reminding regularly. We're going to continue, as you can see, in our discipleship series this morning. And the importance of this discipleship series is because being a disciple of Christ, loving God with all your heart, your soul, and your strength, loving your neighbor is what we are called to do, to be disciples of Christ, to be more like him. I, I believe I'm more like Christ now than I was 14 years ago. I hope. My wife will tell you that. And she'll also tell you there's a long way to go as well. But this, we're continuing in this series because this is important, because we want to be disciples of Christ, to be more like him. And this isn't about, we're not going through lots of different topics because these are a, a list of things that you need to attain to help you grow. These are to help you grow into maturity. You can't attain them because you, you can't impress God because somebody's already impressed him on your behalf. But these are to help you become more Christ-like, to seek him more, to love him more. The main reason we're doing this is because we want to see you love Jesus, and when you really love him, you want to follow him and be more like him. I want to be more like him. One of the attributes of Jesus that Adam looked at last week was that of serving, and he looked at John 13, where Jesus was washing the disciples' feet. And the disciples were, as Adam said, they were shocked by what Jesus was doing. Adam showed us how Jesus kind of pulled rank on them as well, where he says, if I then, your Lord, has done this, you also ought to do this. You ought to wash one another's feet. Showing that Jesus is setting us an example here of servanthood, to serve one another in love. He quoted Mark 10, how the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve. And serving also, Adam said, is something we don't move on from either. We don't get to a certain point or maturity in our Christian walk or in leadership or whatever, and we think we're going to stop serving now, we're, we're too important. No, we're always helping out. We're always looking to serve. And actually, when Adam was saying this last week, I actually thought about him because Adam is always willing to get the hoover out. When we did our, alpha, our last Alpha course, actually, one of the main things, he did other stuff, but one of the main things he did was he did the washing up afterwards. He helped with the washing up because he, he's setting a good example here because he's, he's not moving on from doing the small things because he's serving God. So he's setting, I just want you to know, and that our leader is setting us a good example. And that's as nice as I'm going to be about him this morning. <laughs> he, he also talked about how we'll be rewarded in heaven. And these, these um, 
this kind of command to serve. It's not a, a harsh demand from a demanding God, but this is a line in the sand, a place where God says, a good God knows that you'll prosper when you serve. You'll mature and you'll progress. You'll progress in Christ. But most importantly, we must remember that we are sons and daughters who serve, to serving, a kind of part two. He, Adam said uh, he was going to try and be as nice as he could last week. He was, and when he was talking about drawing the line in the sand, and I thought, well, does that mean I kind of have to be the bad cop this week? But no, that, hopefully that's not the case, and I'm going to try and smile as much as I possibly can while I'm t- trying to tell you about this. Um, but... What he was talking about, and actually asked some questions at the end, didn't he, last week? He, he said, one of the things he said is, if you're not serving, why aren't you serving? And in, in the context of the church, he wasn't talking about getting onto a rotor or doing your duty. But actually, when we serve, we're being drawn into something bigger. This isn't something we should do but because God is so important to us, because we love Jesus so much that we want to give him our best. I want to give Jesus my best. And we serve out of love for each other, serving one another in love, and out of our love for Jesus. And also, if you're like me, you can just get caught up in the busyness of life. And sometimes you think... Oh, this, is, this is just so busy, I don't have time for this. And you can think about putting down what you're doing in church. I know life is busy. I, I come, when we moved from Bury St. Edmunds in Suffolk, I was running my own business. I had three children and um, I was an elder in the church. Life was busy. And sometimes you can get to that point thinking, oh gosh, this is so full on, I don't have time for this. And you're juggling so many things. You think about putting it down, but, and it can be tiring. But then I just have those times where I just meet with God and think, no, this is why I'm doing it. This is it. I'm in the kingdom of God, and I want to see his kingdom come and his will be done. And let's just remind ourselves of why we're doing it. I thought it would be good if we could just remind ourselves why we're doing it. And I'm going to read from Ephesians 2 this morning from verse 1. So if you've got a Bible, you can turn to Ephesians Two, verse 1, it will also appear on the screen. <clears throat> it says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. I go on holiday with my friend Dave, and we've both got two sons, and when they're often not listening, that's what we quote them, quote that to them. There they go, the sons of disobedience. Anyway, moving on. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature... Children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, 
even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and been raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. If we just go back to the beginning, it starts on a bit of a downer, doesn't it? Paul's saying, hey, do you remember Do you remember that time? Do you remember that time when you were dead? You were dead. All of us, all at one time, one time or another, you were dead. Do you remember that? We were all like sheep. We were kind of like zombies just following the way of the world. But hey, the modern world doesn't like to hear that. No, we're free to do whatever we want to make whatever choices we like. Paul says, no, you were dead. Like everybody else, everyone was doing it, gratifying flesh, following another ruler. You think, well, no, I I wasn't following Satan. I wasn't doing, I was just, you know, making my own choices. I was free to do whatever I wanted. No, Paul says, you were dead and you were following Satan. Because the Bible says, doesn't it, there's not following God and then there's lots of different ways. You can go this way, you can follow this. No, Paul says, and the Bible says, there are two paths. God's way and following the Spirit. The prince and the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. He says, You were dead. That's the state we're in. Or we were in, but modern day people don't like to hear that. I think we're free to do what we want. But you're either in God's kingdom, the kingdom of light, or Satan's kingdom, darkness. We were destined. You and I were destined for God's wrath. says, doesn't it, in verse 3, we were by nature children of wrath. Do you remember that? That's what Paul's saying. Do you remember that? And then, thankfully, verse 4 comes. But God. But God. You were headed for punishment. You were dead in your trespasses. But God wanted to show his grace and save you from the punishment and seat you in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So why? Why? So in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace. Why did he save Ian Lettington? Because in the age to come, he can show his immeasurable grace. People will say, what, that, that guy, why did you save him? I remember him, what he used to be like, what he did, the things he said. He rejected you, he blasphemed you, he turned his back on you. Why did he save me? To show his immeasurable riches of his grace, because I didn't deserve it. 
I was far from him. And you were all far from him. And he saved you because of his grace. He saved me and he saved you to be an object of his grace. Paul prays earlier in chapter 1 that your eyes will be open. And I pray today, if you don't know Jesus, that your eyes will be open. To see that Jesus is real. Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you and rose again. So that one day you can see, will be seated with him in the heavenly places. He died for you and he loves you. And he moves on in verse 8 to 10. This is not our own doing or our own work so that we can't boast. He's showing off his grace because we're his workmanship. Because he's created in Christ Jesus good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in it. Can you just, just stop and think about that for a moment? That the creator of the universe thought about you before you were even made and thought, I've got stuff for you to do. He thought about you and thought, I'm going to make this person, I'm going to make Stephen Wright, and I've got stuff for him to do because he's my workmanship. Can you think about that? That, that? that he's thought about me before he made me in advance and thought, I've got stuff for this guy when I make him. He's going to be a bit of a toe rag, but I'm going to save him because of my immeasurable riches of grace. And then I've got some works for him to do. That blows my mind to think about that, if you really sit and think about that. You were created for works on this earth. Created to do works on this earth. Not working just in a job. Although you can work out a calling in God in your job, there are lots of people that I know that work out a calling in God in their career. They bring the kingdom in. I know lots of people like that. I know people like Stephen Alley Collins working in the public sector and in charities for many, many years that are serving and bringing the kingdom into where they work. But are you bringing the kingdom in, in your workplace? Are you bringing the kingdom of God into where you work? Or are you just fitting in, keeping your head down? Bring the kingdom in. But you are brought into this earth because he loves you. You're saved by his grace. And you are now fit for kingdom purpose. You're brought in for a bigger reason. He has a plan and a purpose for your life now. The world will tell you that you have your own kingdom. Your own, it's about your world and what you do. Work hard and make life easy for yourself and build up your own kingdom. Well, when you're brought in and saved by Jesus Christ, you're brought into a family, the family of God. And actually it's about his kingdom and not your own anymore. 
You're part of a new plan. And we need to line up with his will and pray for his kingdom to come here on earth. You're part of a bigger plan and a bigger purpose. God is working out his rescue plan for the whole world through the local church. That's why uh, New Ground, part of the network of churches that we're part of, and New Frontiers, are so committed to planting local churches all over the world. And amazingly, we, we who were children of wrath, get pulled into that. He doesn't need us, but he wants to use us. We get to serve this amazing king. We know that when we get called out by God, we're saved for him, there's a calling on our life. Philippians 3, 14 says there's an upward call of Jesus Christ on our life. And if you're here this morning in Jesus, there is an upward call of Jesus Christ on your life. We can spend time thinking and pondering and praying about what is God calling me to? What is my purpose? What, what, am, I, what am I going to do? Well, we can start by finding out by serving in a local church. For me, I, I didn't know what it was when I first got saved, when I first became a Christian. I, I didn't really know what God was calling me to. So I thought, I'd just try something. I remember I started trying to, uh, I did try, to help out in kids' club. We run a kids' club where lots of children from the local area would come in on a Friday um, afternoon after school. We'd get 60, 80, sometimes more kids come in. It was bedlam. Um, I thought, well, I'll just give it a go. Then some, one of the leaders asked me if, I would, if Gemma and I would lead a house group. I thought, well, I, 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 oh, I don't know if that's what my calling is, but I'll, I'll give it a try. Can I look after and serve and love these small group of people? I'll give it a go. I couldn't, but <laughs> too much pastoral care involved. So I moved. No, I thought I'd give it a try. I thought I would give it a try because I wanted to work out my calling. And actually, I worked out what I was good at and what I wasn't good at by just giving things a try. What better thing can you give your time to than serving the kingdom of God? And try and fit lots of things in, can't we, into our lives? We have busy, busy lives. But what better thing can you give your time to than serving the kingdom of God? This, this church, the church, is the one thing that will remain. When Jesus Christ comes back again, the church is what he's coming back for. He's coming back for his beautiful bride. And we can ha have all sorts of connotations in our mind when we think about the church worldwide, or even in this nation. But actually, God is coming back for his beautiful bride, the church. Love the church. Serve the church. We're launching house groups very soon. In September, we're launching new house groups. We talked about it at the family meeting last Sunday evening. You think, well, I might not be able to lead a house group, but maybe you could be a great support to those that are leading part of a core team. Maybe you could just help out. That's a great way to serve. When we think of serving within the church, please 
do not get it confused or equated with events or programs or rotors. We're giving our time to the one thing that remains, his glorious bride. I love what Herman said last week at the family meeting when he was talking about serving one another like the early church. Church is about coming in with an attitude of, isn't about, sorry, church isn't about coming in with an attitude about how good the worship was or how good the the preaching was or the welcome, but we get to join in with an army of angels worshipping and we serve one another in love. Terry Virgo says this in his book, Spirit-Filled Church. A phrase frequently used in the New Testament to describe people's response to the gospel is that they were added to the church. They didn't simply get right with God. They were added to the company of disciples who devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. The early Christians were devoted to fellowship. They were constantly together and relinquished the right to individualism and selfishness by no longer regarding the things that they possessed as their own. There was no coercion. People had glad and generous hearts. They expressed commitment to one another as a spontaneous outworking of their new life in Christ. And he says at the end, they had all been drinking of the same spirit and were captivated by the same Jesus. Church is life. What we do inside the church matters. Yes, we have events and programs, but these are helpful to the extent that they facilitate the life and mission of the church. Church is God's strategy for reaching the world. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. He's going to build his glorious church, so let's join in. I have to forego my rights. Are you ready to forego your rights? I mean, as Adam said last week, I know, we know so many are, are committed and serving in this church. There are so many faithful servants in this church. And we so appreciate it. But as we're growing, the need for, for serving uh, is going to be more evident. Already, as we're growing, we are needing more people on the teas and coffee rotors. But time, commitment, and foregoing your rights of a a bit of a lion on a Sunday are needed. You might need to get here a bit earlier to help set up. But you're not just here to serve tea and coffee. What you're doing is facilitating people to stay and feel welcome and feel part of a family and feel loved. To serve tea and coffee is to be on mission. It's to help the growth, to help draw people in. If you want to be part of that exciting team, because you are facilitating the mission of the church to help people come in and feel loved as we're looking to do love bigger, as we're getting many, many visitors week after week, this is an important part of it. I encourage you to do that. We need more people. Caroline so amazingly leads our team. Caroline, stand up. This is, um, let's give her a, a round of applause. Come and see Caroline afterwards if you want to join in that team. Kids work. When it has grown in the last 18 months, I think like we haven't seen growth in the kids work for a long time. Um, 
In fact, Adam and I were chatting uh, in the week, and I think a few years ago, something like eight kids we had in kids' work. Last week, we had 35. Now, we're doing okay for people uh, leading in the kids' work, but we have holidays. And what is really great is actually we can give time off um, to those that serve in the kids' work. So we need parents. Parents, if you've got kids in kids' work, hey, it'd be great if you could just volunteer in the holidays just to say, yeah, I'll, I'll step in for one week and, and help, help out, just to give those that are serving week in, week out a bit of a break. And again, you're not just babysitting kids. But what you're doing is facilitating a, a group of people, probably our biggest unsaved group of people in the kids' work. That's why I serve on the kids' work. It's not because I really love kids, although I, I do like kids. <laughs> but I, I've got enough of them at home, to be honest. <laughs> but because I want to, I want to teach these, these young ones about the love of God, and I want them to see them come through, because they're our next generation. So parents, if, you're, if you've got kids in kids' work, hey, it'd be great if you could just say, yes, summer holidays, half terms, Easter holidays. We just need some people just to step into the breach a bit, just to help us out on that. Love serving, putting the needs of others before mine and your own. We're drawing kids into the kingdom of God. How about discipling new believers? We're going to be seeing more and more people saved and brought in and added into the kingdom of God. We need mature believers to disciple new Christians. As we look to launch an additional service, we talked about this at a family meeting uh, last week, if you weren't there, we're looking to launch a, an additional service. We're doing some kind of testers in September, October, and November, and then looking to launch springtime next year weekly. Hey, we're going to need more service as we do that. But we're doing it because we want to love more people. We want to see more people added into the kingdom. We're going to need people in all sorts of areas and set up and. PA, AV, we need, we'll need more musicians, but that doesn't mean you're necessarily going to get into the band straight away if you can only play a, one tune. But join the team, be, come to the practice, and just be part of it. We will need set up, set down. Steve can't do all of it. Steve is a, an amazing, faithful servant, Steve Palmer, who you'll see putting the chairs away at the end of this meeting. He's an incredible servant of this church. But he can't do all of that. We need people just to step in and do practical things like that. And nothing is more... No job, one job, is more important than the other. We, we read, don't we, in the New Testament about the, the church being a body and the eye isn't more important than the ear or the nose, etc., when we start to serve, we see God move. Our faith grows and we see miracles happen. Blessings come when we serve. I've served in Alpha for many years and I've been amazingly blessed by serving in that. And I started just by helping out. 
didn't say much when I first started helping out. Didn't know what to say. So what is God calling you into? We don't want you just to sign up on a rotor just for the sake of it. We want, to, want you to earnestly seek God and say, Lord, what are you calling me into? Where can I serve one another in love? Just remember as well, whose kingdom are you serving? And why do we do it? Why do we do it? Because Jesus did it. As we come to an end, I just want to finish on this verse from Philippians 2. He says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has also highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He served, and the glory came. Why did he empty himself, taking the form of a servant, so that one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess? Why should we become like servants in this amazing kingdom? Sacrifice everything for the glory of the Father. To see his kingdom come. I can ask you to stand. We're going to pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that even though once we were dead, we're now alive in you. We are now trophies of your grace, created for good works. Lord, we love you. We love you. Lord, I I pray for each and every one of us here this morning. I pray will you speak to us in what you are calling us to. For those of us that are serving, Lord, I just pray, speak to us if we're serving in the right areas. We we don't want to serve in dead works. We want to serve in all that you're calling us to. And Lord, I pray... Come and speak to us. Lord, we want to see your kingdom come and your will be done. Lord, we want to love bigger. We want to love more people. We want to see more enter into the kingdom of God. So I pray, Lord, this week as we remind ourselves who we have living inside us, that you'll speak to us. That as we look to serve one another, 
I pray as, we, as the church is growing, Father, I pray help us step into all that you're calling us to serve into. Lord, Lord, we just lift up the, your glorious church to you and say, come and blow on it now. Blow upon your people right now, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. And I see your glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If God is just speaking to you about what he's calling you into, or it might be something you just feel like, I, I just maybe I can do that, I can sign up for that. Just come and speak to me, or speak to Caroline, if it was in the teas and coffees. But God has created you for good works. He, d- he did it. a long time ago and he had you in mind what's he calling you to this morning thank you Jesus we're going to just draw our service to a close we're going to have tea and coffee so wonderfully served Um, but Come and speak to me at the end if you feel like you want to get involved in a particular area. Um, But let's just love one another. Stick around. If you're a visitor, please stick around. Have tea and coffee. We'd love to get to know you. But let's, let's go and enjoy one another and enjoy the rest of the bank holiday. We'll see you next week.